I actually was just talking to producer Jay about needing to order food on Wednesday. I plan to go running a training run, and so it'd be nice to have some food pre-prepared that I can pick up instead of having to cook after running, especially during the week. Man, it's it's uh, not something maybe I need to tell all of you. We're on a lot of different schedules. We just kind of converge here on after hours. But for those of you who work overnights, you know, it can be challenging to balance everything uh, with being tired. So people ask me sometimes how I'm doing. And when I'm I'm feeling reflective or somewhat snarky, I'll say, gosh, I'm tired. I've been tired for eight years. <laughs> it is definitely a challenge. But I choose to stay here because I also love what I do. And every time the microphone turns on, every time I'm able to hit that button and it lights up bright red, All of that goes away because I love this job and I love uh, this opportunity that I get every night. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. You are part of that, so thank you. Uh, We've got Ask Amy Anything about 30 minutes from now. So a few minutes left for you to send your questions to Producer Jay on our show Twitter, After Hours CBS, or on our Facebook page. And what we decided to do, actually, some guy pushed back, didn't he, on social? We decided that we would post the the photo, bright orange, the thought bubble with the Ask Amy. It's, gosh, it's been the logo for Ask Amy Anything for eight years, seven, eight years. And we decided that we would post it earlier in the evening on Tuesday just to get it out there for an earlier audience, thinking that, It'll generate some unique questions from different people, uh, and boy, did it. Now Jay has a different problem where he has to go through dozens and dozens of extra questions. But yeah, some guy responded with, isn't it too early for this? He was very confused. Oh, okay. I mean, my goodness. People telling us how to do our show and our social media. Of course, that comes with the territory. (laughs) So yes, on Twitter or Facebook, you've got a few minutes left. Half hour from now, it's part of our hump show every week. Ask Amy anything. All right, we still have a lot to jam into this show. I wonder if we get to everything. Probably not. That generally seems to be a challenge and a, I don't want to call it a stumbling block, but it's part of the gig this time of the year that you have to pick and choose and then you save what you don't get to for the next show or the show after that. Yeah, the NFL drives the bus and I, I tell you, it's not just the games. It's also what's happening behind the scenes. There's fallout from Wild Card Weekend, even as you heard the audio from Wild Card Walkback. So I do want to get to that. Uh, we've even got a mini look ahead to the Saturday matchups. So we're talking Chiefs and Eagles, the top seeds that will be hosting the Jaguars and the Giants. That's your Saturday doubleheader. Uh, so a little bit of that. I just quickly, I told producer Jay this earlier. I got a call from a gentleman who I'd been in touch with in the past. I hadn't heard from him in a while. Uh, I'd managed to dodge him asking me out. I, I don't think we're, we're a good match. Um, but he called me up on Tuesday and asked me if I would have coffee with him. And because he, this is my rule, if you're bold enough to call me up and ask me, well, then I'll say yes. At least one time, I'll say yes. So I did. And then Jay reminded me, well, Jay said, which guy is this? And I said, oh, it's the guy who's always mansplaining to me about the Giants because he he does. He knows what I do for a living. And I think in order to participate, he jumps right in and tells me everything he knows about the Giants, which 
I'm just being fair and honest here. A lot of it's wrong. <laughs> I don't think he actually watches that much. I think he just kind of, he's spitballing. Anyway, Jay reminds me of that and says, oh, no, he's going to get you all ready for the Giants playoff game and your coffee date. Oh, no. What was I thinking? I should have told him, sorry, not till after the Giants are eliminated from the playoffs no, or after the Super Bowl. What did you say? He's going to set you up and get you all ready to go. You know what happens when you start to make jokes about this coffee date I don't want to go on, right? If you get close to me, I may poke you in the eye with this pen. So knock it off. It's not funny. Pre-game notes. He'll give you all the match key matchups to watch. Mm-hmm. All right. So what I said about sharing my pizza with you tomorrow night, oh, scratch no, no, that. No, 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 no. Scratch no, that. Yeah. Mic's off. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Zip it in there. Zip it. So anyway, coffee date on Friday. I limited myself to an hour. I actually used my dog as an excuse. No joke. My dog. Uh, because she, it's fair. She is on an insulin schedule. So she does have to be set in her routine of food and then insulin. So I kind of backed it up so that uh, I have to be home in an hour. It's a smart play. <laughs> it is I mean, a smart it's a fair play. excuse. Use it if you got it. Well, originally he asked me to meet him for coffee at one o'clock in the afternoon. So I don't think he quite gets my schedule, which is totally fine. But my response was, oh, no, I'll be sleeping. <laughs> oh, no, no, not that time. <laughs> the middle of the night, bro. Isn't that mean of me? But it's true. Would you rather have someone say, oh, I got to wash my hair or tell you the truth? I, I'm not getting up to have coffee at one o'clock in the afternoon. I don't want coffee at one o'clock no. in the afternoon. No, no, no. <laughs> Nothing to do with coffee at that time. No. Even three o'clock is relatively early because on Fridays, I like to try to sleep a little bit if I can. No. So I'm going to have to deal with Giants mansplaining. Maybe he'll drop that after one or two comments when he sees my face. Uh, and then at least I get free coffee out of it. That's all. Wait, do I have to put on makeup for this? I never wear makeup on Fridays. I, I don't really wear makeup anyway, but do I need to put on makeup for a coffee date that I don't really want to go on? For a coffee date you don't want to go on? I, I'd say it's up to you. It's a judgment call Oh, thing. thank you, Jay. I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, if you don't Why feel like Why am I like asking it, a guy whether or not I should put makeup on? That's the dumbest thing. I don't think it's, I don't think it's uh, mandatory. How's you that? don't you don't think it's mandatory? No. If a chick showed up for a coffee date with you and was not wearing makeup, would you care? Um... I don't know if I, I don't know. You wouldn't even notice. I might. Well, I guess <laughs> I wouldn't really notice. know. It depends on how many times I've seen her before. Like, mm-hmm. is this the first time? Is that what she always looks well, like? Well, this is the first time meeting him for a coffee date. So maybe I won't wear makeup and he won't even notice. It'll be fit. Or better yet, he won't ask me again. <laughs> I mean, that's the ultimate win here, right? I don't know. Maybe he'll surprise me and the Giants won't come up at all. I don't know. Probably, they probably will. I feel like there's an 85% chance there's going to be some Giants talk. All right, what, what did we say about you putting the microphone on mute in there? You did say that. <laughs> all right, it's After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Oi, why do I share these things? Now you're all going to ask me what happened on Friday. Uh, you can send your questions for Ask Amy. Don't ask about the coffee date. The man was bold enough to ask me, so yes, I'll give him an hour, and maybe this will be like fireworks going off. You never know, right? I'm sorry. Who are you? I'm pretty sure you're supposed to have your mic off. <laughs> zip trying it. To help. No, no. Emoji with the zipper for his mouth. Zip it. <laughs> don't try to help. I don't know. I don't need your help. And if you do text me to ask how it goes on Friday, I'm not responding. I just want you to know I'm ignoring your text. I'll know that if I get a text from you during it, that it's probably no, not going I'm great. Not, I'm not leaving my phone at home. Actually, no. You have to have your phone just in case something goes horribly wrong. 
Although we are meeting in a public place, so I feel like that's okay. There's a, chances are slimmer that he's a mass murderer. Slimmer. Sl- slimmer. 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 Yes. Gosh. A little slimmer. What have I done? <laughs> uh, you know what? Sometimes I do this to amuse my family and friends. My mother says to me frequently, where do you find these people? <laughs> like she says these that. people. <laughs> because I always have crazy stories. My girlfriends tell me I could write a book about dating horror stories. Because it seems like I'm literally going through every single guy on the planet to get to the actual one I'm supposed to marry. Because I just... <laughs> not a bad idea for a book series. Oh, for a book. Okay. Never mind. I don't want your input anymore. I'm, this is rhetorical a stuff book. here. <laughs> a fiction, a nonfiction book. Yes, of course. Except you're in there giggling away like this is yeah, highly entertaining. But it is why I tell these stories because my girlfriends think that it's hysterical. Uh, they always apologize. I'm sorry I'm laughing. I'm like, no, at least it's good for something. At least my stories are good for something. <laughs> anyway. Not, not those kind of stories on Ask Amy Anything. So Twitter, Facebook, send your questions. Please, let's absolutely change the subject. Like, for instance, how did Trevor Lawrence end up at Waffle House after the Jaguars' big win? First playoff win since 2017. Third largest comeback in NFL playoff history. I was talking to Brandon. Um, and I can't remember. It was Brandon Sheriff and, and someone else. Maybe EJ. Uh, hadn't ever been to Waffle House in their life. So that was like a week or two ago, and I was saying we got to go one day after the game. And then last week I told them, I was like, once we win on Sunday, we're going to Waffle House. So Marissa <laughs> actually called, and uh, <laughs> I talked to the Waffle House about like reserving part of it, and they were like, well, if you give us a heads up, we can kind of like clear some people out of one area <laughs> and, yeah, and, and have you guys some spots saved. So they did that, and it was great. We had like 20 guys there. Waffle House didn't allow them to make a reservation. And and come on, Trevor Lawrence called himself. He called and spoke to Waffle House himself. How down to earth is that? I believe him too. I don't believe that he actually sent someone else to do it. It sounds like he's telling the truth and that he called Waffle House himself. I love that. A superstar NFL quarterback who called Waffle House himself. And said, hey, do you mind uh, if you can reserve some space? And they maybe they didn't know who he was. Or maybe he didn't say, hey, we're the Jaguars. Just, just hey, it's going to be a group about 20. And the Waffle House, well, who even knows if that Waffle House employee knew anything about football. But the Waffle House employee said, well, if you call us back, we can try to clear some space for you. <laughs> no matter what happens, that's your response. Good. Oh, my gosh. That's probably one of my favorite pieces of audio from the playoff weekend when Trevor Lawrence is talking about going from four interceptions in the first half to four touchdown passes in the second half, again, in this comeback against the Chargers. Uh, And he tells the story about Jocko and the good podcast. Do you have that whole bite? If you do, let me know. But here are the deets from this comeback for Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson, the Jaguars. In the first half. These numbers are not edited for the faint of heart. In the first half, 10 of 24, 77 yards. 77 yards passing. That's actually fewer than Tom Brady had in the first half against the Cowboys. 10 of 24, 77 yards, one touchdown versus four interceptions. His passer rating, 24.5. Do you remember the day that Nathan Peterman started for the, was it the Bills? And he had like seven interceptions. Okay, it wasn't that bad. But he had four in the first half or something like that. 
This was Trevor Lawrence and his performance. 77 yards, four picks, a 24.5 passer rating. Second half, 18 of 23, 211 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, a passer rating of 120 points higher. So, yes, it ultimately turned out to be good, but that's not how he ended the game. It's how he started the second half, recognizing that they had a lot of potential to turn things to good. Coach showed a video of, I don't know if you guys heard of Jocko. You guys can look it up. It's this video where he talks about good. And it's like, no matter what happens, that's your response. Good. You know, threw four picks in the first half. Good. You know, he showed that back in, I don't know if it was training camp or during the season, maybe when we were on that losing streak. I don't know when it was, but that's just been our mindset. You know, then we say it on the sideline, joking around. One of the linemen, I forget who it was, said to me after I threw three or four picks, he was like, good. <laughs> They're joking around on the sidelines, but I suppose that's how you have to be, right? You, you recognize that a lot of times... You suck at what you do. I mean, if you play enough games or you host enough radio shows, eventually you have a really crappy one, a really crappy hour, a really crappy performance. It's just part of it when you have this many reps or as many reps as he has in his career. So he throws four interceptions in the first half and his offensive lineman says, good. Good. But it changes in the second half. And and obviously the mental approach is a huge part of that. So calling Waffle House too. I mean, you got to go after a win. So maybe that was extra incentive. Uh, by the way, there was fallout for the Chargers. If you haven't heard this, LA fired its offensive coordinator, Joe Lombardi, and quarterbacks coach Shane Day once they allowed the dust to settle a little bit on this 27-point collapse and a stunning loss on Saturday. Uh, They only scored three points the rest of the game. So now Brandon Staley and general manager Tom Telesco will meet with reporters Wednesday and Thursday. Staley apparently is keeping his job, but the OC and the QB coach, they are on the unemployment line looking for new gigs. I guess the timing is okay, though, because there are certainly opportunities out there. Justin Herbert had a huge season, passed Andrew Luck for the most passing yards by a QB through his first three NFL seasons. They won double-digit games. They ended up as a wild card and actually clinched in week 17, I think. So 18 wasn't as big a deal. Maybe it was even week 16. But certainly, uh, they underperformed when it came to uh, consistency, right? So you expect them to take a step forward. Actually reminded me a lot of the Bucks when I was reading this about the Bolts. They went three and out on nearly 22% of their drives this season. So it was feast or famine for Herbert, right? 22% of their drives, which is about middle of the NFL. Not great for a playoff team. So OC and quarterbacks coach, those jobs are now available. The Bengals certainly did not have a great offensive game themselves. And we've talked about this going back to our Sunday night show. Even once they had gotten into the second half, they had several three and outs as well. And Zach Taylor referenced the fact that we only had the ball four times in the second half against the Baltimore uh, Baltimore defense because the Ravens do that ball control game. If not for the Sam Hubbard Fumble return for a touchdown. Who knows? This could have been a different game to be sure. Uh, So this is kind of fun. I saw this on NFL Network. I told producer Jay we have to have it. Sam Hubbard was mic'd up for this game. Now, this kind of takes you back, and you'll hear the various announcers uh, talking about the play as it unfolds, maybe the play of the weekend. But you also hear Sam Hubbard, again, mic'd up for Bengals and Ravens. 
Bengals were able to do this at the end of the half. oxygen mask. I'm assuming he removed it a little bit. Can't catch me! Can't catch me! And then at the end, uh, he's still mic'd up. You hear three or four times him say, I was so scared of getting caught. I was terrified. He was on my ass. I was so terrified of getting caught. <laughs> Can't catch me! <laughs> NFL films when they mic up these athletes and playoff time, they do such a magnificent job uh, at putting together these montages and these guys who are mic'd up. I would tell you one of my favorite guys, well, there's two. Actually, they're both tight ends. Travis Kelsey and George Kittle have got to be two of the greatest when it comes to being mic'd up, but also linemen are fun too. And then a lot of times when guys are adverse to the cold and they're playing in a cold weather atmosphere, I think she was at Micah Parsons or Trayvon Diggs, one of those guys for the Cowboys recently was mic'd up in a game where he was frigid and he was out there talking smack about how it's not that cold, la, la. and then he's back on the sidelines. He's like wrapped up in a coat and he's looking for mittens. So yeah, you get some really good stuff when these guys are mic'd up. Uh, they, at, at every now and then, will forget they're mic'd up. Do you remember the exchange between Peyton Manning and Jeff Saturday that we've played multiple Hi, times? Call pass place. Block. <laughs> He's, he's yelling at Jeff Saturday because Saturday wants them to run the ball. And Peyton Manning's like, we'll call the plays. You just effing block when it's a pass pass. Hey, go sit down. He's calling plays. Down. I will sit down. Y'all quit yelling. Hey, go sit down. No, we're cool. Y'all quit yelling. over here telling us no, how to block. He's doing it. Come on, okay. He's, he's yelling at us. You don't have to go yet. No. I'm, I'm mic'd up, too. <laughs> I'm mic'd up. Such good stuff. All right. I, I enjoy laughing with you all, especially on the hump show. Just no laughing at the fact that I've got a coffee date with a big Giants fan this weekend. Oh, dear. Don't say a word. Everything's good. We're all fine. Everything's going to be fine. I'm going to survive. It's an hour of my life. I just had to clean up a war zone in my bathroom. I can handle an hour of coffee where someone else is buying. Okay. Uh, thank you for hanging out with us. It's our home show. We're getting close to Ask Amy Anything, so send your questions. Show Twitter after our CBS or our Facebook page. Good to hear from you. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Bennett. Takes the snap and the shotgun, throws for the corner. Brock Bowers one-on-one. Caught! Touchdown! He ate him alive! Falls down into the end zone. Six more for Georgia. Bennett to throw. Lobs it to the right corner. There's McConkey. He got on his donkey and made a sliding catch in the right corner. Touchdown! This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Scott Howard on Georgia Bulldogs Radio Network. 
They celebrated their championship in Athens, and it was quite a celebration with hundreds of thousands of people and the fact that they were able to postpone it a couple of days following the game itself in California meant that families could travel. Families could be on hand if they lived out of town. And that was the case for offensive lineman Devin Willock's family. His dad traveled from northern New Jersey to Athens to be there for the celebration second straight national title for the dogs. And he wanted to support his son. He wanted to see his son. He was so proud of him. Devin had dinner with his dad and other family members on Saturday evening. Once they had finished with the championship celebration, I think that wrapped up at the stadium. It was hours later that Devin was killed in a car accident with a group of people. He was in the passenger seat in the front and a member of the Georgia Bulldogs recruiting staff was driving. There were two others in the back seat and they were in a vicious car accident. It took his life as well as the life of the drivers. Because Devin is from the county where I live. I didn't realize this until I was listening to the news on Monday night. I heard the comments of his high school football coach. He called Devin the trifecta. Great person, great student, great athlete. No doubt he was headed to the NFL. He was going places. That was the assessment of his high school football coach. He's from New Milford, New Jersey. Again, I didn't realize he's from the county where I live. So I started doing a little more research to see if I could get some local details about Devin. It turns out it's not the first tragedy his family has suffered. It's after hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. What I found out through an an article on NJ.com, which is NewJersey.com, Reporters interviewed Devin's father. Again, he had been in Athens. He was in shock, as you can imagine. He said he couldn't believe it was happening and then told reporters how similar the details of Devin's accident were to the one that took his other son in 2009. Can you believe that? He had another son, a half-brother to Devin. His name was Jonathan Wheatley. Jonathan was also 20 years old. He was also out with a group of friends. Jonathan was in a vehicle that was hit in a head-on collision. Not not their fault, the drivers, the, the, the car that he was in. It wasn't their fault. It was the fault of the other driver. But he was killed in a, in a tragedy in 2009. When he was 20 years old and now his father, David, their father, David has to mourn, grieve. I don't even know how you move on from the loss of a second son to a car accident at 20 years old. The police report came out on Tuesday and there are still very few details. They continue to do their investigation But a couple of things that jumped out at me. 
the car was only two miles from the campus. I mean, they were, they were there. They were right there. Maybe headed to campus. Maybe headed somewhere else, but they were local. The wreck occurred around 2.45 Eastern time on Sunday. So this is hours after the parade. And excessive speed is one of the causes of the crash, according to the police report. So they don't know exactly why or whether or not there were extenuating circumstances like alcohol or drugs. But they do know that Devin was not wearing his seatbelt. He was in the front seat, passenger side. And when they hit a tree and then they were spun around and hit a, another tree, he was ejected from the vehicle and wasn't wearing a seatbelt and he was pronounced dead at the scene. Thankfully, there was a passenger in the back seat who was wearing a seatbelt. And he only suffered minor injuries. Another member of the Georgia football staff, a young woman, she's, at least the last I knew, was still in the hospital with serious injuries. She was also in the back seat and not wearing a seatbelt. Actually, really quickly, sorry, I want to clarify that. Devin was in the back seat, not wearing a seatbelt. Next to Victoria, she was not wearing a seatbelt. Just want to make sure I, I said that plainly. It's, I'm not saying that to pin blame or to try to minimize. There's, there's no way to in any way negate the pain and the, the just agony of this tragedy for his family as well as for Georgia football and really for everyone that knew him on the campus. But if nothing else, if nothing else, maybe there is one or two people, even if it's just one person who hears about it or maybe knows the details moving forward and decides to wear a seatbelt, maybe it saves a life. I can't even, I can't even imagine that family's pain and father David having lost two sons in such a sudden and abrupt and painful way. I've definitely been thinking about them and the Georgia family and the basketball team has decided it will pay tribute to Devin and to the young woman who lost her life. And they have a special way that they're going to do that the rest of the season. So you guys know that the football player and the um, football staff member who passed away in the car accident um, over the past weekend, we just, me and Coach White came up with an idea to put a patch on the jersey to kind of uh, memorialize them um, in the game tonight and I think moving forward. So uh, if you guys will obviously join me in wearing this patch kind of just to remember them. Um, you know, he was my friend and me and Carrie kind of know him. And obviously the university is going through something right now. So just to kind of show our support and, and memorize him or memorialize him and show support for his family, we're going to do this uh, tonight in the game. From Georgia basketball Twitter, they posted that video with Jabri Abdul-Rahim. Uh, they're wearing patches for 
Devin Willock and um, that's it's it's a nice tribute right it means that he won't be forgotten he'll be remembered in other places in other venues there on campus and I dare say there will be other teams who do similar gestures and make similar tributes and thoughts and prayers are are helpful and comfort for the family um Hope they have all the support they need in northern New Jersey. But gosh, it just makes me think I'd rather not be talking about it all, right? If It, it doesn't seem, it's not hollow. That's maybe the wrong word, but to talk about it after the fact and to know Kirby Smart, for instance, was on his Twitter uh, sharing photos. I think it was Sunday evening. It's just something that can't fix, you can't change in a minute, right? Everything's different from top of the world and celebrating a national championship to losing one of your athletes and one of your staff members. So yeah, Kirby Smart, his emotions from the highest of the highs to the lowest of the lows. I dare say, and I don't know Kirby personally, but I can imagine any coach who has developed relationships with the people who are in his locker room, the people who work for him, he would give up that national title in a heartbeat if it meant this didn't happen. And yet we know life doesn't work that way. So I wanted to share some of those details to put a family perspective around Devin because it's a headline, yes. He's a name from a national championship, yes. But also had people who loved him and people who are now hurting and suffering. And I know a lot of us can identify with that. Thanks for tuning in. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Time to ask Amy anything. Sort of. Hit me with your best shot. Okay, I cheated a little bit. I just refreshed the post, and a woman asked, can I change a flat tire? Are you planning on asking me that question? It was in there. All right, I'll wait, just because I, I like that question. It's a very easy answer, after, actually. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, some of you are getting way too much enjoyment out of the fact that I committed to a coffee date on Friday that I don't really want to go on. If a guy got the courage to ask me, I'll go on a date with anyone once well most anyone not anyone (laughs) i guess i'll leave myself a little bit of an out but no questions about the proposed coffee date i might come down with hives or something between now and then maybe i'll have to clean the toilet again another plumbing emergency something could happen you know my number's here in case you need a hotline too bad he didn't ask me for saturday and i i could have been like sorry i'm watching football (laughs) i think he would have joined you how would he have done that exactly? Asked to at least. No, that's, that's a, a negative. I do. I don't care. I don't watch football with people when I'm working. No. All right. Well, we got to start there then. Therese asks, "Can you change a flat tire?" Yes. Yes, I can. Actually, I can change my own oil too, though I would need a refresher. But I did do that actually in the past, so I can change a flat tire. But I will be honest: when it's out on a highway, which is where I do most of my driving at night. I don't think it's safe 
for me to get out of the car and change a flat tire, so I also keep AAA+. Plus. I, I just don't think it's a good idea for me as a single female, but also in the middle of the night on a highway where semis are whizzing by. Not a, not a good time for me to be out of my car. So I generally do call AAA+. But yes, absolutely. I do have the tools in the car. Princess Leia is equipped for me to change her tires. Nice. All right, let's start again here. Rob asks, do you have any word of wisdom for someone who's currently going to school and trying to make it into the sports broadcasting industry? I have many words of wisdom that would take a lot longer than Ask Amy Anything. But I will say the number one thing that I tell people, and I mentor a lot of different young people, um, I tell them, find your passion and figure out what you're good at. Okay, so there's a, a lot of different ways that you can jump into broadcasting. You're not going to be good at all of them, right? The people who do sales are not necessarily great talent and vice versa. I stink at sales because I'm terrible at rejection. And so you got to figure out what you're good at and what you love. And the reason why there has to be an element of passion and love is because the hours are long in radio and broadcasting, especially when you're starting out, the pay is terrible. You work a lot of weekends. Uh, the, the way we've seen the industry in the last couple of years has really reflected what's happening elsewhere in corporate America, which is that there are fewer people doing more work. And so it's frustrating. It's exhausting. A lot of times it's unfulfilling and you feel like you never get caught up. But I'm speaking for myself behind the scenes. So you have to love it. Because that's what keeps me coming back. No matter how bad it is, what kind of a storm is is surging all around all hell can be breaking loose but when the mic goes on i remember i do this because i love it i I could earn a paycheck doing something else (laughs) i don't make that much money i work in radio i do it because i love it and it's kept me coming back for 25 years through all of the crap that you can possibly imagine as a female in this business i am still here because i have a passion for it that never dies Mike wants to know. Jay now. has zero response to that. Okay. No, that was, I couldn't have said it any better. That was exactly it. You got to have the passion for it, or else it's not going to work. You'll find out very quickly that <laughs> it's not for you. And if people you don't do. Love it. You see oh, people yes. getting out of the business all the time. All the time. Mike wants to know now, how did 33 become your favorite number? Larry Bird. Larry Bird, baby. Larry Bird. I cut my teeth on late 80s and 90s NBA, and he is my all time favorite athlete. Um, obviously not the most athletic, but so smart and wily and crafty and could shoot the lights out and came from such an unassuming small town, went to Indiana University, that iconic basketball school. Originally, it didn't fit, so it goes to Indiana State, the Sycamores, for heaven's sakes, uh, and ends up in the NCAA National Championship against Magic Johnson. Course is drafted number one overall. It Just a, a phenomenal opportunity for him to to change a franchise and he did right he did uh and and then the the rivalry between his celtics and magic johnson's lakers i mean those were iconic as well so yeah larry bird number 33 but i also am a huge fan or was a huge fan of dale earnhardt senior and his car number was three so anytime i see 333 on the clock i know it's a sign (laughs) all right uh mike wants to know have you ever owned or ridden a motorcycle I've ridden on one, yes, when I was a kid. I have never owned one that's not my jam. And I'm not sure if I could, I don't know. I'd have a hard time, I think, with a husband who had one, only because it's not about 
him and whether or not he's safe. It's it's the fact that you're so unprotected and the accidents you see all the time. And I drive so much and there are a lot of times where I, I'm nervous because you can't see these motorcycles and they kind of sneak up and they don't always follow traffic laws. So yeah, that that's hard. It's it's scary. I would say it's scary for me, but I don't have anything against them. Just that you're at a disadvantage in traffic. More automo- automobile questions here. Eric oh. asks, have you ever driven a NASCAR stock or any type of race car? No, I wish I had. I would love to do that. Uh, maybe one day when I'm um, celebrating a milestone birthday, somebody in my family will say, hey, can I give you a NASCAR driving experience for your birthday? That would be phenomenal. At Talladega, probably most, because I had season tickets there for 10 years. Uh, or Pocono, attended my first race there when I was 12. And so both of those tracks have special meaning to me. That would be super cool. Oh, my God. Drive it like you stole it, baby. That would be, I mean, I would never recover. I could, at that point, I've jumped out of an airplane. I'll never forget any second of that experience and my terror, but also the exhilaration. It would probably be the same thing if I was behind the wheel of a NASCAR, a stock car. Keith wants to know, what fictional family do you think you'd be a member of? Oh, heavens. Um, Gosh. Growing Pains, maybe? I don't know. Uh, I loved Growing Pains when I was a kid. Oh, let's see. Can it be a cartoon family? Absolutely. Oh, the Adams Family. Wait, oh, they're not... <laughs> well, sometimes they're cartoons. You see them yeah. as cartoons. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're both. Uh, so, I, yeah, I could do I could do the Adams Family. Um, or Growing Pains. That was kind of a funny show, too. And my brother and I had a similar relationship as the two siblings. So, we very often were, you know, were watching that. Uh, the Brady Bunch is a little bit too perfect and, and iconic for us. I don't think that was our family. Think what else? Like, what other fictional family would work for me? I, I think that's that's probably good. Oh, wait. Who's the boss? That was kind of funny. <laughs> I don't know that one. No. Who's the boss? Alyssa Milano. That's where she got her start. And oh, Tony yeah. Danza. Okay. Maybe I should get on that. Yeah. They're good. It's, I mean, it's old, but it's funny. David asks, how long have you been a Sunday school teacher? And what are some of your favorite memories of doing that? Oh, gosh, I've been doing this since I was in my early 20s. And I'll tell you the truth. When I first was asked to do it as a, an early 20-year-old in Oklahoma, uh, I dreaded it. I, I, I'm, I suck at arts and crafts. And so I thought we were supposed to do an art and craft every week. And I dreaded putting that together. I didn't know what to say to the kids. I would say um, really enjoying it and doing it and putting my whole heart into it with this this current church would go back to, I mean, 10 years ago. Uh, I started about a year after I moved to New Jersey and it's been amazing. Most recently working with fourth and fifth graders. That's that's the perfect age for me. 9, 10, 11. I mean, we relate. I don't know why we do, but we relate. <laughs> oh, some favorite memories. Gosh. I just think, um, well, two. One little boy came up to me after a class, uh, after a lesson one Sunday and said to me, Miss Amy, You're one of the best teachers I've ever had. Oh, my gosh. I almost started bawling. It was just really sweet. Um, And, of course, they're very sassy. They come up with all kinds of funny comments. But another little boy said to me, "Uh, why aren't you married? Why don't you have a son like me? Oh, well, you know, they just kind of out with it, whatever. So, anyway, those are a couple of funny things, yes. Jose wants to know, what is your go-to song for karaoke? Little known fact about Amy Lawrence, I've never done karaoke, not even one time. Oh, Jay's mouth just dropped open. I work with a microphone. Why would I want to? Exactly. Uh, no. Be perfect. I, I mean, I sing. I do. I sing with choirs. I enjoy singing. I, I enjoy singing in church in the past, but 
I've never done karaoke. If you had to pick one song, maybe right now, top of your head. I got At first, machine. I was afraid. I was right. petrified. <laughs> that, see? <laughs> Natural light. That's perfect. Oh, thanks, Jay. All right. Let's move on to rapid No fire microphone here. necessary. Analog or digital? Digital. And HD. Oh, yeah. Fruit Loops or Cinnamon Toast Crunch? Oh, cinnamon. Anything cinnamon. I love cinnamon. Ginger ale or Sprite? Ginger ale, I guess. Neither, uh, really. But. Underrated soda. Power play or penalty kill? Oh, power play. I like being a man up. <laughs> cash or credit? Oh, cash. My deal with myself, I keep a credit card, but only if I pay it off every month. 80s or 90s? 90s. Last one here. Be a whale or be a dolphin? A dolphin. They're super smart. And whales are smart. W- dolphins are some of the smartest mammals on the planet. They might be smarter than you, Jay. Or yeah, me. Maybe. Or me. Thanks much, for though. your questions for Ask Amy. It's After Hours on CBS Sports Radio.